Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it is time for The Art of the CEO, the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I'm your host, Bart Jackson, and whether you are an Associated Press business columnist dedicated to preaching the profitability of civility or the sole owner of a distinctive dining establishment seeking more customers, we are here to bring you the sage counsel of business masters and to help your career and your business. Today's episode is entitled, Retail, the Toughest Customers in the World, and they are. Yesterday, we are saluting and adding some profitable insights to one of the world's oldest professions, those men and women who serve the whimsical and unpredictable clients, the purchasing public. And we're very fortunate to have the widely experienced Mr. John Lube, president of the New Jersey Retailers Association, a true merchant prince if there ever was one. But before we harvest uh, all the all these ideas and tease apart and uh, digest everything before us, allow me to supply you out there with a few utensils for our feast. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you, individuals hearing my voice, that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of Yourself that most important corporate body in your life. Will this be the day that you put your mind to its utmost use, that you indulge in deep and profound thought? Or will you let others do your thinking for you? The choice is truly yours. Second, it is time to dip into a little laughter. Let me get the book and we will take a scriptural recitation from 101 Best Business Quips. Okay, let's see. Oh, okay, here's number 89. Here's number 89. Perfect for our retail friends. Marketing is like buying a Lamborghini. The question is not how much it costs, but how beneficial is the ride. As an afterthought, whether you are considering a blow-the-wad Super Bowl ad or a time-taking Twitter campaign, have you looked at the other firms who are using this form of messaging? How did their revenues change? Just a thought. And as a third utensil, perhaps we'll call this the squid spoon, uh, let me give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Today, before we leave the air, we will broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us the name of who you think the author of that was. Simply write the quotation as you remember it, and the author you believe it to be, and mail that to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. If you're right, we will announce your name on the air. The author of last week's quote uh, was the individual who said, This opera reminds me of my tax audit. It was in a language I didn't understand that it ended in tragedy. (laughs) Those unfortunately accurate words were spoken by cartoonists Chris Cassatt and Barry Brookins, uh, creators of the shoe comic strip, and, and we just love that over here. So now let us dig into today's feast and call upon the expertise of Mr. John Haloub, the president of the New Jersey Retailers Association. John has also served as executive director of the New Jersey Council of Chain Drug Stores and is the state director for the National Federation of Independent Business. This is the man who's seen the best and the worst of all things retail and the one who knows how to do it right. John, how are you doing today? Good, doing well. Thanks for having me. 
All right. So glad that, that you could make it here. John, could you tell us a little bit about the New Jersey Retail Merchants Associations? What are they doing for the retailers in this state? No, sure. No, I How appreciate are, that. How can uh, I get involved? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I can give you the 30-second the infomercial. Uh, we're the only uh, statewide advocacy group uh, dedicated to the, the retail industry, obviously. Uh, and, and first and foremost, I think our mission is to be the advocates for retail, the voice of retail down in Trenton. Uh, before the legislature, the governor, and all the regulatory bodies that are out there. We not only deal with state issues, but local all, all and... 300 and a, billion of them? Yeah. And we even wade into the swamp uh, known as Washington as well sometimes, from time to time on, on certain issues. I've, so I've I mean, we're. Place. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we, you know, we, uh, we, we, our, our main mission, though, is really to be the advocates for the retail industry down here in Trenton uh, for all, you know, hopefully advocating good things that will help and benefit the industry and try to stop, uh, which primarily is, seems to be what we end up doing most of the time is stopping some of the bad things and horrible ideas uh, that uh. policymakers come in that have a direct impact on folks' bottom line. Oh gosh, I bet you you must be up to your eyeballs treading water in that one. Uh now how can <laughs> I as as a merchant uh, and why should I get involved? Uh, how how do I uh get involved with you all? Well, obviously, you know, uh, strength in numbers. I mean, obviously, um, mm -hmm. that's first and okay. foremost. I that think most sense. most advocacy most advocacy organizations, obviously, the more uh, the more people that get involved, the stronger our voices down here in Trenton. And uh, sure. uh, and I, I can't and 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 as you said, <laughs> we do we do uh, spend an awful lot of time uh, trying to stop the bad things. Uh, and mm -hmm. so uh, we need folks to to come down and come down to Trenton and tell their story to, to policymakers, or or just to get involved in various different levels. Um, and so we. Oh, I think know, that's important, but ladies and gentlemen. Please listen to that. That that, there, that you have a voice down there, and don't just go out on the golf course and gripe and moan. Go down. There is a place where where you can get your ideas solved. The legislators do listen to people, but you know something? If you gripe on the golf course, they ain't going to hear a darn thing, So, uh, if you'll forgive the vernacular. So please, uh, I hope you all uh, – John, what's the quickest way? What's the website right there that we can – uh, it's real simple. It's, uh, it's uh, njrma.org, um, and actually we're we're upgrading the site. So, uh, but there is a way to, to click on there and, and uh, shoot me an email or phone numbers on there as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, I encourage anyone that's remotely interested in, in issues that affect their bottom line to, to to contact us and get involved. That's great. So the next time some guy stomps out of my store and doesn't buy anything, I'll call you, um, <laughs> or maybe maybe not. Uh, anyway. Uh, this is we uh, are, are. I've they, they keep telling me under the table that we're having a recovery. At least that's what the facts tell me. I can't get people to believe it. Uh, what are some of the unusual? Um, well, let's back up. Everyone is trying to sort of balance this recovery on the backs of the consumers and on the retailers. You know, the, the Washington is griping that, that people aren't spending it enough, and that and that's uh, somehow your fault. Uh, is it uh, is this really sensible or wise? What part does the consumer and retailer play in our overall uh, economic growth and moving forward? Uh, they play a huge part. Uh, Seventy percent of all eco all economic activity revolves around consumer spending. So obviously, uh -huh. uh, you know, and that's not just bricks and mortars, but all uh, all consumer activity uh, or economic activity. 
Um, so it, it plays a significant part. So obviously a, a healthy and vibrant retail industry um, is, is crucial to a healthy and vibrant uh, economy as a whole. So not just for the state, but for the whole country. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, so, so we really have to – this is something that needs to be fostered. And I think there's also – with the retailers come a sense of community um, that I think uh, is something that we really, really need. When I was a young man, there was a show called uh, a record that came out called Downtown, and so much of my own downtown experience was the stores, the people, the atmosphere. Uh, could you speak a little bit to the sense of community that the retailers do develop? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, retail is is the one of the core fabrics of any community. Um, particularly, you know, just from a downtown to um, you know the businesses that uh, that donate to the little, little leagues and all the you know the Boy Scouts and things like that. Um, you know, that there there tend to be the retailers tend to be the first ones you know folks will call on for for those kind of that kind of support. Um, so yeah. absolutely, I mean, a, a downtown, um, you know. Um, I think everybody, for the most part, is, as a childhood, has uh, you know fond memories of going downtown and, and going to the store and things like that. Uh, yeah. I think it plays a critical part in everybody's life. I mean, uh, it's obviously, uh, you know, everything from buying food, you know, the most basic of needs, to you know, maybe some more extravagant items that uh, you like. But uh, I mean, it's 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 critically important to, to our whole way of life, really, when you really think about it. I think that's that's true. If you and I, and I'd, I'd like the, the ladies and gentlemen to, to, to think about that for a moment. That uh, it's not you, stores are not just there feed a pie and go home. There is uh, there are personal relationships that are made with merchants and people. They're trying to reach out and make uh, relationships with you. Have you talked to the people who run these stores when you go into them lately? Do you get to know them? Uh, and we should all do this. Uh, it's some, it is, a, as John is saying, a major part of the fabric of our lives. So let's try to get. We, it, it is worth reaching out and, and of course, trying to preserve them uh, in every way. And um, now, what are some of the unusual challenges, John, as you see currently facing today's retailers? I mean, every age is different. What are what are some of the the, the, the tough things that the, our retailers are uh, coming up against now? Well, I think you kind of touched on a few minutes ago of, you know, uh, we're still kind of in a recovery stages. I mean, our, our whole way of life, uh, to some respect, uh, changed back in 2008, 2009. And, you know, we are still mm, are continuing to struggle out of the worst economic downturn in over 70 years. Um, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and, and I think one of the things that came out of that um, economic downturn is I think the consumer uh, has changed considerably. Um, people have kind oh. of become extremely more price conscious. Um, uh-huh. more so uh, than in, in years past. And so, you know, I mean, I think uh, obviously retail right off the bat is already a very competitive <laughs> industry. Uh, but when you throw in a, a consumer being extremely price it conscious. Makes acting look easy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think that really, you know, the, the, the consumer um, has changed. Now, there's some people that argue that have changed forever. Like this is something that we'll be dealing with forever. I don't necessarily buy into that because – I think, you know, uh, we're ever-evolving and changing, and, and uh, I don't think um, consumer habits have changed irrevocably uh, and, and won't, you know, uh, but, uh, but at least for the foreseeable future, um, I think um, that is something that absolutely has to be taken into consideration and, and, is, and has become somewhat of a, uh, you know, added uh, 
difficulty for, for what is already a, a pretty difficult industry to, to uh, work in. Yeah. Uh, now, moving into uh, some, some, some other challenges, the ones that the traditional business challenges, sales talent. Uh, John, this is this is one of the most problematic aspects of running any shop, any size. Uh, to get good people who could sell, and there's a, there's more books on selling than there are salesmen, and there's more training and so forth. <laughs> I understand that, but is uh, could you do you have any things that just from what you've seen? And in your many years of experience, do you have some tips on hiring, monitoring, and encouraging sales, or, or any or all of the above? Just what are a few of the things that, that come right at you? Well, I mean, you definitely hit on the head. I mean, this is one of the most important pieces of a successful retail uh, business is to have you know superior customer service. I mean, this is something that you can really make you stand out in a crowd. Um, you know, and but I, it's probably no different than any other industry that that relies on the sales force. I mean, I think you need to be creative. Um, obviously, um, you want to attract and retain quality salespersons, and you might need to be a little creative in that, depending on. You know, obviously, compensation plays a large part in that, but other things as well that um, t- t- people take into consideration. Um, you know, a, a strong benefits package. Um, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know things like that. You know. Paid sick leave, uh, <laughs> you know, which is actually somewhat yeah, of an right. issue down here uh, that folks want to try and require legislatively. But uh, you know, I think right. you know, the, the 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 successful businesses are ones that are able to retain and attract quality uh, sales sales folks, and and that's I think you've got to be creative and and really do your homework uh, to, to 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 find and and retain those folks. Our our salesman is a good salesman, made or born or both. For, 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 for retail, the guy who I'm, I'm going to meet and come at, at the counter, made, born, or both. I think a little bit of both. I mean, I think right off the bat, though, you do have to have uh, there's certain personality, <laughs> certain personality traits. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you have to be pretty, uh, somewhat of an extrovert. Um, but right. uh, uh-huh. I think it's something that you know, there, there's ones that maybe have a little bit of an advantage right off the bat. But I think it's something that over over time can be can be learned and and, and taught. Um, but uh, obviously, um, uh, personality has a lot to do with it. And somebody, and they need to be a people person <laughs> first and foremost. Yeah, uh, I yeah, think, uh, right. and, and that that's true for retailers in general. Um, you know, I think they all uh, tend to be, you know, the most successful retailers. Uh, you know, not only hire a good sales force, but they're good salesmen themselves. And that's, you know, <laughs> I think critical right off the bat that the person that owns the retail uh, business is, is a salesman at heart as well. I, re- I remember seeing something that was that was ahead of a major movie studio, who it was said really wasn't much good with the books and wasn't much good at distribution. But he and his wife, when they watched a movie, they laughed in exactly the right places and shed a tear at exactly the right time when all the rest of America was doing it. In other words, they had a natural customer empathy. Is can you train that in a salesman? I think so. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's. Oh, okay. uh, I, I think. I think. I mean. I mean. Obviously, I think people that in, it comes natural to, uh, um, you know, uh, have a higher probability of being successful. But I, I think it's something that sure. uh, can be learned. Um, and you know, you need to to know. I mean, one of the most critical things, uh, not only customer service, but you need to know your market and know your target market. And you got to give the customer what they want. And I think that's that's something that can be learned. Hello? Yes. John? Okay, yeah. I guess we, we blanked <laughs> out for a minute there. Okay. But uh, do, uh, 
do, do you see uh, the, obviously the customers are getting more savvy I think they are uh, people they, they have 3,000 messages thrown at them a day and so forth uh, do you see the sales force becoming a little more savvy and empathetic toward the customer need or are, are customers are people doing that or, or I mean are salespeople doing that or are, are, is it pretty much just the same old same old Oh no! You you absolutely have to be become more savvy. Uh, I mean, the customer walks in the store now, and nine times out of ten, they've already done a considerable amount of their research. Just and they're doing it on their phone. I mean, so they can uh, yeah. <laughs> they can start asking you questions ah. about products uh, right off the phone. So I mean, there's a, I mean, the amount of information that's available at an individual's fingertips these days really has to make oh, you yeah. on the top of your game to be successful. Right. I hadn't thought, yeah, of course. So we've got a much more, a sharper customer, a more savvy customer, oh, and so your product knowledge has to step up, and your customer empathy has to step up with that. I, I makes a lot Absolutely. of sense. Absolutely. We're going to, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to return to our springing sale retail tales in a moment, and we're going to find out how to... Uh, to move your, your store forward. Uh, but right about now... Um, We've come to the midpoint of our feast, and I thought we'd take a brief sorbet, if we may. It's time to introduce the company by whose good graces we come to you today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of Bart's book's Ultimate Business Guides. You may visit uh, them and then find out uh, their tools to get a wide uh, wealth of the business tools they offer through www.bartsbooks.com. B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're finding these shows helpful, um, why, you could even take a look at the uh, book, the base book from which this radio show sprang, the book, The Art of the CEO. And if you liked today's quip, that business quip that you heard today, we literally have books full of them. So uh, you can, again, visit bartsbooks.com. And if you'd like one of those quips just to come for free, just bring a little laughter to yourself on a, Tuesday, on a Monday morning as you kick the week off. Just subscribe to those, and they'll come flooding at you, and they'll give you a little uh, verbal ammunition for the week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and those bizarre folk uh, in the back room who fall into neither of those categories, we are back to revel in the, um, some of the strange stories about uh, the retail world, and we and our guest, Mr. John Hlu. John, I'm interested in one thing. What um, if I'm a small single store owner, and because you have dealt with many of the major major chains, what? Uh, what should I be learning from the huge chain store? I mean, I look at them. They're, they're a competitor, but yes. But I mean, I, what should I be learning about their kind of operation that I could adapt to my own? Anything in particular that you see? Well, I mean, it's, I, I think it's, it, uh, everything holds true, I think, in the retail industry. And, and it is regardless, regardless of, of your size. I mean, I think uh, uh-huh. the most successful retailers, both large and small, are able to, you know, obviously – um, you know, there's there's certain I think um, <laughs> laws, if you will, uh, of, of the retail industry. I mean, obviously, you know, location, location, location is first and foremost um, tends to be right. um, one of the most important things. And, and particularly, I guess, to your point of a smaller independent retailer, a location is even more critical if you're not a known brand. Uh, so obviously, you need to be uh. visible. Uh, and, and so, I mean, location can be one of the most critical things for an independent retailer. Um, but then after that, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, I think. 
for the most part, um, it, it everything holds true. To, you know, the, it doesn't matter what size you are. From I think I already mentioned, you know, you need to to, to give the customer what they want, and uh, you need to to know what your target market is and, and merchandise accordingly. Um, and then we already touched on consumer, you know, customer service. Um, you know, for an independent right. retailer, um, you know, outstanding customer service is, is what could really set you apart from your competitors. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, I think, you know, there's there's a couple real basic laws uh, that apply to all retailers. Okay, I think you're right. I think you're right. Now, if we could take a step into the 21st century, I am personally a firm believer that the physical bricks-and-mortar store and the e-stores are complementary methods of selling. It's not, you know, uh, and... Um, but but it is different. Now you've been working with one specific issue of the uh, with e stores and, and and one of the laws about taxes. Could you explain that to us? What you've been doing? No, absolutely. Yeah, I mean one of the I think most critical issues facing retailers right now is what we call sales tax fairness. Um, it's also called Main uh-huh. Street fairness, uh, and it's right, the fact right. that um, there's a lot of uh, Online-only retailers, so these are folks that have no physical presence whatsoever in the state of New Jersey, um, right. are able to um, basically exploit an existing loophole uh, and not have to collect sales tax. Uh, so right off the yeah. bat, they have a you know a seven percent competitive advantage over any retailer with a bricks-and-mortar store in the state, uh, and it's something that we're working very hard on trying to level the playing field. Um, so everybody's you know playing by the same rules. Uh, I think it's just it's simply a matter of fairness uh, and one that we're working real hard on trying to correct. There's a lot of efforts going on down in Washington in that regard because a federal solution is probably the best. However, um, there yeah, is a proposal. Yeah. Well, because um, it's 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 an interstate business. But now, absolutely, now yeah. I have um, we sell. Uh, you know, I'm a publisher. The Prometheus Publishing sells books. Uh, when it comes to our tax form, they say, "How did you sell it? And what sales tax did you charge?" Uh, if uh, if I'm an online business, you're telling me I can ignore that with impunity, or what? Uh, well, if you, if you don't have a physical presence in the state, yeah, that's yeah. unfortunately that's uh, oh. and, and and unfortunately there's a lot of businesses out there. And and what now the 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 biggest point to make though is a sale is a sale. So regardless of where it occurs, right. the sales tax is owed. It's just if it's in a bricks and mortar store or if it's online with somebody that has a, a physical presence in the state, that they ha- they're required to collect the sales tax. If not, if you're not required to collect the sales tax, it then falls upon the consumer. Uh, and it's actually line 44 of your income tax form in New Jersey, which everybody's going to file in a week. <laughs> you're supposed to, right. if you did not pay the sales tax, you're supposed to, on your own, then declare it to the state. Unfortunately, uh, only about one percent of people actually declare anything, you know. Um, so a lot of people know right. they're getting away with something, but since only one percent declare it, that tells me there's a whole host of people out there that don't realize um, they're they're supposed to declare something. Because if they knew they were subject to fines and penalties, if God forbid they ever got audited, I think there'd be more than one percent of people declaring it. So it's unfortunate well, these online only folks like are. Thunder. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate these online folks are, are, are you know creating this unnecessary burden on the consumer. Uh, and it's one that we're hopeful yeah. we're going to be able to stop. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's uh, – it, it is a very interesting thing. I remember somebody who ran an online shop, and she uh, she sold golf gloves. And she, for seven ninety five. this was several years back, with uh, – I think it was Jack Nicholas's name on it. And they were great things. She, char- she charged as much for shipping – and she stuck on a sales tax there that 
uh, as, as the gloves cost themselves, and nobody blinked. Absolutely, the, the customer didn't blink. But on the other hand, you walk into a store and uh, a bricks and mortar store, and they think, oh, and then there's sales tax. People get mm-hmm. upset, and I, I agree with you. It, it's uh, a, a sale is a sale. There, there's and. Uh, if uh, you're going to collect tax for any, you, you collect it for all. It seems to me. Yeah, but absolutely. Let's talk and there about... is. Oh. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry, I was going to say, and, and the good news is too is uh, Governor Christie's proposed um, leveling the playing field in this uh, uh, most recent budget proposal. So hopefully we'll get it in oh, New Jersey okay. probably before we'll get it done in, in Washington. Okay. All right. It, uh, that's it's as you say, it's something that needs needs to be taken care of. On the other hand. Uh, as we were talking before the show, that you every single bricks and mortar store uh, has uh, really needs an online presence, and I'm I'm believing more and more vice versa. The whole reason that we had the first dot com crash is because we had all these marvelous online businesses that woke up one day and realized you can't fax an anvil to Kansas. You gotta get you gotta fulfill and people yeah. wanna see what they're buying and so forth. So tell me a little bit about the, the complementary interplay that, that that can take place but uh between online and bricks and mortar stores. Well I think you use the keyword there. It, it does it is and can complement your business. And I think, uh, you know, the most successful retailers out there have been able to harness the power of all the Internet, not just having a website, but, you know, also social media and things like that. I've uh, been using it as a, signif- a significant marketing tool. But, um, you know, one thing, too, you have to keep online sales perspective. Right now, uh, uh-huh. it's only about 10% of all retail sales occur online. No so the kidding. vast majority. Yeah, so absolutely, yeah, so the vast majority. Yeah, only only yeah. about 10%. But but now, with that said, so, I mean, yes, 90%, the vast majority of retail sales are still occurring in, you know, our traditional bricks-and-mortar stores. But the the most significant growth that we are seeing is online. I mean, we're seeing, you know, 10 20% growth, year-over-year growth, online sales, whereas, you know, bricks-and-mortar stores might only be seeing 1%, 2%, 3% growth. So, you know, uh. there will come a time where I think those numbers will increase um, because they are, are seeing the most robust and significant growth. And that's why, you know, right. I think you do need to focus, you know, obviously you need to, to uh, you know, the, the, the death of bricks-and-mortar stores is greatly exaggerated, but... Um, right. You still need to have a significant presence online. Yeah, no, but you still yeah. need, I mean, to, to grow, to continue to grow, you need to have a significant presence, and you really need to harness all the power that is on the Internet. And I would just, for my own particular thing, if I have a second to say, that uh, those of you who have only online presence, I think you're denying yourself a great advantage of not at least looking into having a physical presence where people can come see, feel, and touch. Uh, it's... Uh, my own personal belief, John. I'm afraid we're gonna we're running out of time here, but I want you to, if you could, sort of sign off with, uh, tell us what's selling, what's what's not. Uh, is there a marketing ploy that's that's currently effective, or something that's passe? Something you'd like to just pass on along that line? 
<laughs> well, you know, uh, retail you is a very seasonal. <laughs> retail is very retail. You know, what's selling, what's not. You know, retail is a very seasonal uh, industry. So right now, you know, uh, you know, the home improvement and garden centers. This is their Christmas. You know, the first. It's going to be oh, beautiful this weekend. So, so this yeah, weekend will yeah. be huge for for that industry. Um, you know, it's it's really their Christmas. Their 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 Black Friday is probably this weekend. The first seventy degree you know weekend where oh, folks are home and want okay. to get outside and start yeah. doing some some yard work. Um, but and also too with that don't, too don't comes. Don't say this so loud, my wife will hear. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but but with the good weather too, also becomes you know people start uh, putting away the winter coats and, and realize they need to go out and buy some new uh, spring clothing, you know, a little lighter apparel. So so it is really and obviously we've got some other you know holidays not too far on the horizon, um, Mother's Day and Father's Day. So so we really are driven sure, by yeah. by ho- by holidays and and the weather and uh, and so that's really kind of where I think uh, as far as the hottest retail categories right now at this very minute would be along those lines. Okay. Well, John, thank you so much. We've got to have you back. I want to talk about retail yep. niches on our next time we get together. Thank you That's so cool. much. And no, ladies and gentlemen, as we round out our show, uh, let me leave you with a final business quotation, which is, a government which robs Peter to pay Paul can always depend on the support of Paul. And as a hint to the author, this author really knew the right play with words. And remember, uh, you if you know the name of that, the author, send that into bartsbooks.com. And finally, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, the CEO who glances both ways before crossing a one-way street is often called a prophet of the unexpected. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a privilege. I thank you. Good afternoon.